Welcome and thank you for joining us. This is Colors in the Void. Today is episode eight, Exploring Addiction. And we thank you for coming out and joining us today on this happy Father's Day, June 19th. My name is Matt. I'm joined with Billy from Hawaii. How are you doing today, Billy? Hey, Matt. Happy Father's Day to you. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Um, how's the weather in Hawaii today? Oh, the weather conversation to start. Nice one. It's rainy and cool, at least where I am, which is great. I started my day with a uh, 13.4-mile run. I felt like Forrest Gump. I, I only wanted to do a little bit and ended up just doing more. That was uh, a great way to start the day and then hunkering down with the family and enjoying this Father's Day. That's great. Yeah, my uh, my daughter does synchronized swimming, so it was a beautiful day, and we uh, went to – they were performing at a local swimming pool, and they'll move on, uh, you know, between rest periods. They got to do their performance and had a big crowd there because it was a beautiful day. Next week they'll go to the Junior Olympics in New York and compete there, so that's exciting. Um, wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, le- she's 11, so – well, we want to thank everyone for joining us. This is Colors in the Void with Matt and Billy. Colors in the Void is an accepting place where two lifelong friends explore emotions, vulnerability, life, death, disease, today's topic, addiction, meditation, marriage, friendship, music, and more. If you exist on a higher plane, welcome. And if you're searching for answers or carrying something heavy, we hope we can lighten your load. Our goal is happiness. And that kind of really, you know, I think is important to this conversation is that you know, I, I think when you're unhappy, and I, I was doing some research on, on today's episode, and, you know, really kind of an underlying theme was is that typically uh, addiction and substance abuse kind of manifest themselves out of stress. Uh, in fact, I read a really interesting uh, article that was talking about um, guys coming home from the Vietnam War were horribly addicted to heroin. And anyone who's, you know, have a friend or loved one or, or they themselves has been in the grips of, of heroin, that's one of the most difficult and insidious addictions to kick. Ninety percent of the soldiers returning home were able to kick the habit of heroin because they were removed from the stressful situation that brought them there in the first place. So I thought that was really kind of interesting and telling that as you're trying to dissect what is addiction and how does it manifest itself and, you know, really that, that stress. And, you know, that kind of gets down to the fundamental core of our of our philosophy on this podcast, Colors in the Void, it's about being happy. And how, how do you, you know, create happiness for yourself? How do you avoid getting to the point where things are so, you know, stressful in your life that you make bad choices and bad decisions, whether that be with your marriage or your children, or in this case on our topic today, it's addiction. Right. Yeah, you know, um, I think it's it's real common to think addiction and to naturally think substance abuse. Um, but as we all know, addictions come in many forms and fashions, and um, sometimes even healthy ones like uh, exercise. And people think, oh, that guy's a great runner. He runs 50 miles a week. Um, you know, is that a great thing or is that an addiction? Is that based in well-being or is that based in trying to cover up that hole of addiction. Um, so um, let's remember that as we continue the conversation going through today, that, that substance abuse is the most obvious for sure. And, yeah. you know, I, the when I think about addiction, and you said, um, Matt, you know, kind of 
it originating from stress. I, I, I think that it really is a disease. And, and if you look at that word, not, uh, you know, dis-ease, that when there is an addiction in place, there's something or many things in the life that are uneasy, that are um, not in the flow. And um, that's, you know, certainly a part of humanity is that we all have big things and little things um, that create uh, this dis-slash-ease um, but I think a lot of that uh, feeling is what drives uh, the, the addiction behavior, really. Um, so if you think about it that way, the use, let's say if we're talking about substance use, that's actually the fix to the problem. People think that that's the problem, but it's not. That's fixing the pain of that problem, of, of that disease if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, typically you're 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 running away from something. You're typically a, a addiction um you know as a way to mask the pain of your stress or your situation, whether that be a marriage right. or a job. You know, I'm I'm reading, you know, in psychology today it says addiction is a condition that results when a person ingests a substance like alcohol, co- cocaine, nicotine or engages in activity like gambling, sex, shopping, you mentioned exercise. You and I have had conversations about workaholism. Uh, that can be pressurable, but it can continue. It's continued use of which becomes compulsive and interferes with ordinary life responsibilities such as works, relationships, and health. Users may not be aware that this behavior is out of control and causing problems for themselves and others. So it starts out where you're just trying to, you know, get away from it and, you know, Calgon take me away. But you know, eventually, you know, that misuse or abuse of these activities or these substances, you know, takes a grip on you and it becomes something completely different. It's that addiction rises beyond just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to mask the pain of a given situation to I've done that so many times. Now it's my problem, you know, where, where the actual substance or behavior becomes the bigger problem than the one you were trying to hide from in the first place. Um, Right. Right. And that's kind of typically how things go in life. I think that is, you know, if um, you engage in any type of uh, behavior that's maladaptive, um, eventually that karma will come back to you. Um, sometimes it, it takes time for that to happen. Um, so really being able to deal with the stress or the dis-ease that's happening in your life head-on with healthy strategies prevents that type of thing, uh, for sure. You know, in uh, in the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Disorders that we use in our psychological field, um, they characterize um, two different classifications of abuse, or I shouldn't say abuse, of substance use, and it's substance dependence and substance abuse. And one of the hallmarks of um, both of those is the presence of withdrawal symptoms. Um, I think that ties in a, a more so to you know, the substance use side of things, and let's say maybe like the workaholic side of things or the exercise side of things, but maybe not. But I just wanted to throw that out there for information also. Yeah, that's good stuff. And we'll add some stuff to the show notes, um, some resources. I, I just um, I was going to put up some treatment center. You know, there's a website that I'll direct you to that if you are struggling with drugs and alcohol, you know, they, they say that, the, the first step of recovery is admission. Another article I was reading was saying that 
23 million Americans, you know, um, have an addictive and abusive relationship with drugs, alcohol, and, and you know, adverse activities, but only 10% of them seek help. And that kind of amazed me. And, and really, I was reading this, another article that was talking, I forget, it was some part of your brain about an inch and a half from your temples. It begins with an A, like an, the adula or something. But this particular thing re, re, um, kind of regulates your emotions and, and things like I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm, I'm angry, I'm upset. And, and the activity in this particular part of your brain becomes impaired. It, you, you stop being able to realize what's really wrong, and, and you're, you're not quite as aware as to why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Um, but anyway, they were talking about that, just like a self-awareness. There, there becomes a big problem with being self-aware. And you and I have talked about that a bunch, about being authentic and self-aware and just kind of, you know, leaning into the fire of, of your own, you know, imperfections or, or, or the difficulty of a situation and taking it head on. You know, and, and with our parenting, uh, we have a three-part parenting season or a session that will conclude uh, in July. We'll do our third of three. But we talk about, you know, helping our kids express their emotions and, and understand what these strong feelings mean. Because if you give them words and you give them tools when they're young, they, they, they get coping skills that, you know, don't manifest themselves in very destructive ways later. You know, we're always going to mm-hmm. run into tough times and tough situations. And, you know, I think it's really important about being able to tackle that and, and confront that in a healthy and appropriate way. So, Billy, I'll throw a question to you. You know, um, what, what, do, what do you think some of the things people can do to, um, you know, to avoid those, those super stressful situations that would lead them to wanting to abuse drugs and alcohol? Or if they're in that moment and they're already past the threshold of perhaps finally saying, hey, maybe I am self-aware enough to say this could be a problem. What do you recommend? What are some of the things you would tell them they need to do? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, it really comes down, and we've talked about the notion of vulnerability a lot in our podcast, Matt, but it comes down just to that. And like you said um, just a few minutes ago, the first step is um, that vulnerability. It's being able to say, uh, this is really hard for me. Like, it's really hard for me to float my family at the lifestyle that I'm living um, and working the, uh, so many hours that I'm working. That's hard to say. Um, and I think even more so, um, being gender stereotypical here, but even more so for males, sometimes for females, right? We, we, but most people want to give off the impression of, I got it. Like, I'm good. I'm strong. And I got hard things in my life, but I got it. I can handle. Um, but the reality is, when you're able to say, I don't got it, I, I'm struggling here, then you're being honest and you're being vulnerable and you in a way are reaching out for that connection and that support that prevents uh, the loneliness of addiction. And that's one of the things that I've seen, Matt, is when people get into uh, an an addictive type of um, lifestyle, there's a common thread of loneliness and separation. And when people have this strong sense of connection, that they're talking to their friends a lot, that they're being honest with their friends a lot about the hard times in their life, it's not, it's not the prettiest thing to talk about, right? It's kind of showing your stuff a little bit, which is 
you know, some people think it's shameful, but to be able to do that, you cut right to the heart of, I think, a lot of the beginnings of addiction, which are isolation, um, detachment, um, that then lead to this emotional um, void that we fill up with whatever we're going to fill it up with because it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you said something about that it's kind of an addiction or a, a disease or a situation of loneliness. And, you know, maybe maybe the advice is you, know, you don't necessarily have to confess this to your spouse or you don't have to confess it to your priest. But, you know, maybe you have a friend or even a stranger just to say, hey, you know what? I, I just want to just speaking out loud to another human being and saying I, I am struggling, even if it's not necessarily with addiction, maybe it's with something in your life. But, you know, if, if, you have, if you're an addict or you feel you may be one, I think just kind of having that conversation out loud with someone else, you know, the, the, um, there's a lot exactly. of great meetings and resources. That's, you know, the Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, they welcome first-timers and, you know, they don't judge. And, and, you know, lots of people go in there completely, you know, torn up and confused. And, you know, uh, you, you come as, as you can and, and you do the best you can. But sometimes just chatting with someone, even, even if you went to a meeting, hung in the back, and then pulled someone aside and said, do you mind if we have a cup of coffee? I just want to learn more about what you guys do and how you do it. Uh, that's a really important step is just getting it out to say, you know what, I'm not perfect. I, I, I do need some help with this. Um, yes. But I think, it, you know, and what you and I talk about a lot, Billy, it gets down to that, you know, that we talk about happiness and it's, you know, the, the entire happiness is, is tough. I mean, you know, it, it, you got to work <laughs> for it. You know, some, yeah. Sometimes you're right. And the irony, and, and Billy, you, I'll let you, you kind of feel this one when I'm done on my little rant here, but. The irony is, is that sometimes you have to be vulnerable. Sometimes you have to stumble. Sometimes you have to cry and be sad. Sometimes you have to be not happy so that you can kind of grab that next rung to, of happiness. Um, yes. And that, that's kind of the irony. It's like you don't, you, you can't, you know, it's, it's a give and take. You, you, you got to struggle through some things, you know, like a, the, the yes. butterfly struggling out of the cocoon, you know, you got to kind of struggle past some things to become happy. It just, it's not an evergreen state of being. It, it's something you work for consistently. Yeah. You know, and to be honest, and I was laughing because it's just dead spot on that happiness doesn't feel as great as pleasure. And that's why I think a lot of folks gravitate towards pleasure is, hey, this feels good now. I'm going to keep on doing I'm going to keep on doing this where happiness is hard. It's you got to you got to work. You got to face things head on. You got to be able to tell people I'm struggling with this. That's really scary to do that. There's a lot of fear that's involved to be able to be open and vulnerable. And, you know, so listen to all these, you know, so-called negative emotional states of fear and difficulty, but they really do um, open up the long-term authentic happiness, the content, the really just living on the human level. Um, it's not, it's not all pleasurable. And it, it, it's, that that's just it. And, and you have to be able to recognize that and share that with someone, even if it's yourself with yourself through a journal, 
um, to go through that struggle head on. And wow, how fulfilling is that? You know? Yeah. 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 It's like pleasure is, um, it's false. It's, it's, um, it's temporary. It's not permanent. It's almost like the, 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 the nutritional equivalent of, of sugar. You know, it doesn't really nourish your body. It, it, great. it gives you this like spike of like, oh, wow, I feel good. That really, you know, psychologically you love the way it feels going in. Your body spikes for 20 minutes and then you, you, you flatline. You feel like crap. And pleasure is the same thing, whether it be, you know, drug abuse or, 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 or sex or, or just, you know, eating something you shouldn't. You know, it, it's a very finite, small sliver of time in the scheme of things. And what happens is you're left with the other 55 minutes of hell or, or uh, of suffering. And so chronic happiness, you know, the word chronic is kind of has a connotation of being negative, but this habitual right. happiness is much more rewarding, much more fulfilling, you know, just like, uh, uh, you know, when, when you give your body the right foods, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel as great going in, but for some reason, you know, your overall well-being and, and you know, body works much more efficiently and effectively. So let me kick you a question, Billy. Um, yeah. This is going to be a tough one. I'm, we're going to get into it now. Um, All right, tell me the coming. last time you were, you were unhappy. Tell me the last time you kind of like, wow, I am just not in a good place. And what did you do to overcome that? What were some of the situations that you were involved in and, and how did you kind of get past it? Can you think of something that stands out? And if you can't, I could I could share something, and then we can get back to to you yeah. while you have time to deliver it. Wow! Right, uh, let, uh, let me share something. So about about two months ago, uh, I was okay, in a really okay, yeah. Give, give me just just give yeah, me a minute. I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna give you some time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I was in a really toxic uh, professional relationship like three months ago. I mean, it was just yeah. I I, I remember talking to a mentor slash colleague of mine about it. You know, again, an example of I was like, I, I need help with this. Um, you know, I talked to Billy about it. I talked to some other people, but just, you know, the, the, I remember one person, you know, it was like he throws gasoline on every conversation, every relationship, just yeah, almost like someone was out there just trying to, you know, destroy everything in his wake and kind of leave everyone else holding the bag and, and particularly me in this situation. It was very stressful and a bit pretty high stakes part of my professional world. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things that, that that just confronting it and admitting it and, and talking to other people about it really, really helped because other people are like, Oh yeah, we, we dealt with someone like that two years ago. And, you know, we called him gasoline Bobby or, you know, <laughs> well, the, what, what you need to do there is whatever you need to confront them and then just kind of marginalize them as best you can. Or, you know, people had different pieces of advice, good, bad, and different, but it really helped just to know that other, I wasn't alone, you know, other people had similar situations, but really for me, that's, you know, where I, I tapped into meditation um, you know, it gave me a certain amount of, of, of existential third-party perspective. I could go out of my body and look at my situation from an objective third-party viewer standpoint and just say, you know, that is not me. That is not who I am. My, my entire world doesn't hinge on whether or not, you know, this guy is, is honest or dishonest, whether or not I can control him or not control him. You know, my entire being and, and what I'm really here for is unaffected and it's almost irrelevant to the entire scheme of things. And, and so not only that right. philosophical psychological shift in my brain, but just giving my body and my mind some time to just kind of relax and, and focus on, on nothing. And there's a lot of great guided meditations you can find on YouTube. Um, what's the app that you mentioned, Billy? That's good. A good Headspace. app for meditation. Headspace. Headspace. 
Yeah. So if you're stressed, if you're struggling with stuff, you know, meditation can be a great way to give yourself some breathing room and insulation from the, that crisis. And then, then you have perspective and you can start tackling the solution of, of getting the help or con- confronting the problem or confessing, you know, where you're at to another human being so they can help you through it. So, you know, definitely give that a try as a way to, it's almost like the medicine you probably need the most surprisingly uh, is, is to let your mind think about nothing for a while. <laughs> anyway, so that was uh, a recent situation where I was no, pretty unhappy and I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's funny sometimes that, to think about meditation. And um, I think uh, I agree with you first of all, Matt, and you know, that's a great um, example of going through a struggle and going through a hardship but to face it head on and to come out and you're probably happier because of that situation. Um, if only for the fact that you've um, adopted your meditation practice now, uh, which is beautiful. Um, but I always, I always think it's funny that one of the hardest things to do is nothing <laughs> in your mind um, and, and meditation. And I think some people shy away from it because they think, Oh, I suck at meditation. Or, you know, I, I, I just can't do it. But um, that's not really the point. The point isn't to be a master. The point is to um, just start. And um, in my experience, having someone in my ear helping me along in this guided meditation has helped me tremendously with that. Um, for me, I've gravitated towards the Headspace app um, that I think you can get on multiple platforms. Um, I have no connection to them besides just being a customer, um, but I really um, like it and appreciate it, first of all, because it's doable. The meditations are 10 to 15, 20 minutes max. You don't have to carve out an hour of the day. And there's someone there kind of talking you through things. Um, and he has this neat English accent, which makes it even more fun. Um, well, so I, I, you think, can find I think that. this is probably a good time. Yeah, this is probably a good time for you to share with everybody what our topic is going to be for next week. And and we need to know our Hawaii word of the day. <laughs> put right. a little pressure on you. <laughs> right. Yeah, so um, I think next week, and, and for our listeners, I have no idea what we're going to talk about next week, but it's going to be um, something around improvisation and um, working off the cuff and using that as a benefit towards happiness. So good, um, so creativity and improvisation, maybe some, you know, I, I can bring some business lessons to that kind of creativity and improvisation. Yeah. Sign. You, you're, you're a great musician, Bill. You can maybe share some stuff on the music front. That, that'll be fun. Sounds like a good one. What yeah. about our Hawaii word of the day? The Hawaiian word of the day is mana, M-A-N-A which uh, represents our own power, our own life force, um, and it's our connection. And one of the things that we haven't talked about yet, Matt, and I think is really important um, in overcoming addiction is a, a strong, we talked about strong connections. Um, it's important, in my opinion, to have strong social connections, but I think it's also crucially important uh, for a fulfilling, happy life to have a strong spiritual connection. And that comes in many, many forms. I think a lot of times we uh, mistake uh, spirituality for religion. And religion certainly is a great um, platform for a lot of people to access spirituality, which is fantastic. I also know a lot of people that um, are not religious at all and don't um, 
adhere to any type of one religion or another, but are very, very spiritual people. And, you know, it's interesting, actually, in uh, AA and NA, um, you know, it's a 12-step, it's a both of those are 12-step programs. And only in, um, I think, the first step does it talk about um, addiction. And, the, uh, you know, the whole program, all of those programs are about spirituality. And having a connection that is between you and you, um, to be firmly rooted in that, to be guided through spirituality, is a great uh, life vest um, to keep us floating in life. And um, whatever that is for folks, I would want to encourage everyone to cultivate that. Um, it will, it will save you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. that's awesome advice. That's yeah. great advice. Thanks for that, Billy. Um, yeah, you know that it's interesting. You know, step one of, of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous is uh, we've admitted that we're powerless over alcohol and that our lives have become un- unmanageable. But I did not know that the other eleven steps are about you know living an authentic life, finding that higher power, kind of c- connecting to right. your spiritual core. I, I was reading something. There's a phrase they have called "easy does it." I never knew what that meant, you know, and, and, and apparently it's about kind of the phenomena of like when, when you've been going to meetings for a while and you're kind of on the, you know, the upside of your, your recovery, you know, the, the older, more seasoned people in the program kind of have this ease about them, this kind of peace, you know, and I think that's right. really what a lot of people want in, in their life. You know, that's a key fundamental of happiness. Um, tell you what, um, we've got a caller, uh, Rutherford from uh, Austin. We only have four minutes left. So uh, this is Colors in the Void. I'll go ahead and uh, you know, outro us with the last comments, and I want to just say hi to our caller real quick before we end this show. Uh, next week we'll talk about improvisation. We meet every Sunday at 6 p.m. Thank you for tuning in. Find us on iTunes podcast by searching Colors in the Void. Let's go to the line, Rutherford. Rutherford, thanks for joining us. Can you uh, hear me? I can, gentlemen. Happy Father's Day from uh, from Texas. How are you both? Hey, we're we're doing great. So what 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 uh what inspired you to call in today? Well, the reason for my call straightforward. I I certainly appreciate um the topic around codependency and I've uh, been listening in and certainly of late what Billy's brought up around spirituality and finding your higher power and then the mention by you Matt around the 12 step program um, with AA and the fact that within those 12 steps, the only mention of alcohol is in the, is in the first or second step there. And then there, there is no, no other mention of alcohol and, and the work to be done within that program. Um, it, there is mention of, of, of alcohol and it's around, around connecting to your higher power as you see your higher power to be. And it, you know, being involved in a 12-step recovery program, that higher power could be something as simple as the as the spirituality and the power that's in your particular room for therapy. It it, it could be your fellows, um, or it could be Mother Nature. It, it it could be, or it could be your God of your religion. It's it, it's up to you to deem it as 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 the power you see it to be. But you've got to you've got to be able to come to a place of spirituality and, and, and give yourself over to your higher power as, as, as you've deemed it to be. Um, yeah. You know, awesome. you know, that said, yeah, codependency runs right along with that. Um, 
and it's very similar from a recovery structure, or, or I should say from um, understanding the choices around codependency and moving yourself to inter interdependency and making the appropriate choices and the ability to move from codependency to interdependency, there, there are quite a few folks out there. I know uh, a book by uh, Pia Melody called Facing Codependence. Is, it's structured very much like the 12-step programs that you talked about around AA and, and, um, and, and narcotics. And, uh, you know, it, it, it lays out the five basic symptoms of codependency, and then it walks you through each symptom. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to find, find an individual out that, that don't have one piece of the puzzle uh, because as humans we are all, we are all flawed in some, some form or fashion. But understanding what your flaws are and understanding where they fit um, in the world of spirit, spirituality and your higher power and having different tools, whether it be a recovery program, whether, whether it be a piece of, of discovering interdependency, um, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's, it's very powerful. And, and, and if you have the ability to, to want to make change and, and reach for it, there are folks much like yourself, books and what have you that will speak and help you to that. And I'm, I'm, I'm certainly working on myself and a big piece within that codependency is, is my self value right. and my, and, and my self esteem. And it's, it's important right. for me to, for us all That's to have awesome. that. So thank you. Awesome. Hey, Rutherford, please call in again. Thank you for joining us. I agree wholeheartedly with um, this spiritual connection. Thank you so much for uh, what you've added. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, we want to thank everybody for joining us today with episode eight of Colors in the Void. Today we explored addiction. Um, stay with it. Keep listening. We'll hear from you soon.